Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks Podcast, and today I'm talking to Deborah Devi. How are you? Hey, Laura, I'm good. <laughs> really great to talk to you. I know, I think the last time that we saw each other was around the holidays, and who knew that all this craziness was going to go on at that point? I know, all caused by a tiny little piece of RNA. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to understand it. Like this little virus could just wreak havoc on the entire world. I know, right? It's uh, small but mighty in its own way. Small but mighty. Yeah. But so are you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'm a virus. <laughs> take it. You're like kick ass. I'm so. a rock virus. You're, you're a rock virus. No, I didn't mean that. I just yeah. meant like you pack a punch and like, you know. Compact No, I like that. <laughs> I've been called I've been called jockey sized and pint sized in different articles and I don't want to um, call you virus sized. That's not what my intention virus was. Virus sized. I think that'll be the new one. <laughs> I'm viral, baby. You're viral. Hey, you'll take it if you're viral, right? There you go. I'm going viral. Yeah. So hey, you released uh, an EP this spring. I did. And how's it been going? Well, you know, releasing a new record into a pandemic is a little weird, um, but still going very well. And, you know, for this record's called A Zillion Stars Overhead, um, and it came out of a really unexpected and exciting recording session um, with the bass player from Government Mule, Jorgen Carlson, um, who I had met uh, in January over New Year's when Government Mule was doing their, their uh, beacon stand. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, Jorgen has his own studio and he really loves production. And so I love, I produce all my records and I love learning about all that stuff. So we kind of got into a deep discussion about, you know, mic placement and I don't know, all kinds of stuff. And at the end of it, you know, he suggested that we get together and record sometime. Um, and then he happened to be coming out to New York about six weeks later. So we jumped into the studio with my drummer, um, John Hummel, who's also on the Amphibian mm-hmm. project with Tom Marshall. Um, and we, you know, we had John Agnello running the session, who's done a lot of great records for like Dinosaur Jr. and Kurt Vile. Um, we just had a blast. And I didn't really know if a record would come out of it. It was just like an opportunity to jam. But um came out really well. So got that together and, and then, you know, got it all ready to release and then the, you know, the virus hit the fan as it were. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I, I had signed with a, a new distributor and I talked to them um, and, you know, they thought we should go ahead and release it because, you know, people need new music right now. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, people need entertainment. They need podcasts. Um so, you know, we shot it out there with a, a video that's gone really, been going really well, getting a bunch of press, Spotify playlists, you know, just doing, doing what we can. And then um, started a live stream, a weekly live stream that's been building and oh, cool. a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is super weird um, to put out new music now, but I think you're right. Like people... People need something new to listen to. They want to know that, like, people are still creating and things are still happening. And, yeah, it's just it's just bizarre, especially the live streaming part where you're, you're performing and there's no audience feedback, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to warm up to the live streaming. Well, we, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking, as it's been for every musician who's had plans 
canceled. You know, we had, my band and I, we had just started a residency here in Jersey City at Headroom, and it was uh-huh. really going great. And the next show was going to be our EP release party. Oh, my gosh. You know? wow. And it got canceled. Yeah. And so, you know, we were kind of all down to the wire. Do we do shows still? What do we do? And then, of course, it became clear how serious this was and that live shows were not an option. And, you know, all my friends who are, you know, touring like like Jorgen and Mule or my friend Jesse Mallon or whatever, they had all come off their tours. Um, So live streaming has really been a lifesaver in terms of just being able to connect with our, our fans and our friends and also just to feel like you're still a musician, right. <laughs> you know, and you get to, it's very therapeutic um, for me. And I, we just have my keyboard player here mm-hmm. in a mask and we keep like seven feet of distance. Uh, he's actually been tested and is tested negative for COVID. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm getting, yeah, and I'm getting a test next week. He had to get one for his job. Um, so we have people that, you know, come every single week because it's therapy for them yeah I have something to look forward to so it provides some structure and and um man people have been so innovative and amazing with it too yeah I think so too I mean we've been doing this she rocks spotlight um like live stream with parade magazine uh I started out doing it every week and it was just a little bit too much for me to to manage but the the feedback and even for myself, just being able to sit for a half an hour or an hour and listen to someone perform and watch them perform, it just it just takes the stress away. You know, it's just so it nice. It really does. So nice to it see It feels like that. human contact. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's really hard. It does have an element of what you feel when you go see someone playing live because it's so inspiring to see someone live. It makes me want to write music, perform, create, and, you know, just soak it in too. So I, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And giving ourselves permission um, to like experience that is a good thing too. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, the chat room feature is just so great because Mm -hmm. I know during when I'm, while I'm live streaming, I definitely check the chat room every few songs and, you know, say hi to people and they can, say hi to us and leave comments and leave requests. And so you feel like there's some human interaction and gosh, we just all need that so desperately right now. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really cool element of it too. Cause you know, when you do a regular show, you probably don't really get to interact with the audience during the performance. That's maybe true. Maybe a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. 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 And we have people, you know, you have people dropping in from all over the world, yeah. you know, who shouldn't yeah. come to a show. Right. So, we're actually, um, I'm going to probably be doing a full band live stream um, in July. Yeah, I'm excited. There's a very large space um, in Hoboken in the same building where we rehearse. Called, it's a cyclorama, uh-huh. um, which mm-hmm. for people people who don't know, it's like a, a video studio where um, there's no seam between the wall and the floor. It's like a smooth, round. Um, that's why, the, you know, cyclorama, like it's kind of round. Um, so you can shoot video without seeing like wall and floor seams. Um, so it's a huge space and they've invited us to come in and set up a live stream. That's really cool. So, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't seen my band or played with my band. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to get tests and use masks right. and keep distance. And, uh, you know, 
it's going to be, I mean, we're all kind of in this for the long haul right now, which is depressing to think about, but we have to come up with innovative ways to, you know, make this work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about the music on your EP. I have to tell you, I love that track when it comes down. I thought that was really a great song, a great recording, um, a little bit like, you know, there's a little bit of a throwback rock vibe in there, but not a hundred percent. Like it's touches in, you know, modern times too. I, I, I thought it was really cool. Good, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's the song. Well, I think one thing that really has made the record sound so modern and so good is, um, Sylvia Massey mixed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so fans of, fans of female, you know, Rock, producers and mixers just look her up if you don't yeah, know her she's, she's brilliant awesome. yeah. yeah and she she really brought out like the power and the recordings um but yeah when it comes down um was written you know i wrote it about a friend of mine who's had brain damage from an accident and has mm. just kind of had a really really challenging time um but what was really cool was in the studio i told jorgen you know that live we do this jam where we we go into double time and we just take off Mm -hmm. and he was down, he was down for that. So, um, I bet he was, he was like, jam. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. He, he and my drummer just locked into each other like maniacs. I mean, my drummer, I'm lucky, you know, I've worked with a couple different drummers, but on this recording with John Hummel from Amphibian and other projects. And he's just amazing. So he and Jorgen just like, I was holding on for dear life on the guitar. I'm just like, all right, here we go, (laughs) you know. Um, And so that that jam was live in the studio that's on the record. Mm -hmm. So um, what Sylvia did was she cut two versions for the record. One is like a radio-friendly three-minute, and I don't know, I think it's like 15 seconds or something. And then we have the the nine-minute and 27-second version. The (laughs) extended-play version. (laughs) Yeah, which has the... Intense jam. It's great. It's like a wild guitar solo, and then Jorgen does a wild bass solo, yeah. and it gets really trippy. And um, I'm just so happy that we captured that moment in the studio because right. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's a song that you guys have been playing live for a while with your band. And then, yeah, and then, absolutely. Okay, and then you just went into the studio and said, "Hey, let's let's cut this with this." Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I sent Jorgen, um, I sent Jorgen demos of everything and Mm -hmm. he really liked those songs. And then there was another song we were thinking about doing, but we both kind of felt like the, the, it was a song of mine called Tired of Waiting that the bass part is kind of repetitive. And he's like, I Mm -hmm. think your, your existing recording of this is already really good and I don't have much to add to it. Right. So that's why we decided to do Needle and the Damage Done. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, what made you choose that song? Yeah. I mean, I had been doing it live a bit with this sort of extended rock version. So I suggested to Jorgen, I said, you know, that's a song we all know, but everybody's so used to hearing it acoustically. What if we, you know, rocked it out, jammed it out? Yeah. Because, you know, Government Mule has done that with, like, Cortez the Killer, Uh Uh big Neil Young song. But, um, you know, so... So yeah, Needle just seemed like a, a cool song to try to twist and turn into a kind of rock rock song also. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess if you're going to have him as part of the project, then he has to shine too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I really wanted to take full advantage of his incredible musicality and um, his ability to jam, you know, because obviously there's really no one better, I don't think, as a rock bassist right now mm-hmm. than he is. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted him to to be unfettered. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think your your, yeah. gu- your guitar tone sounds really great on it too and I, want, I wanted to ask you like what are you what are you using in your rig these days because oh yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah i'm glad you asked because i actually um i endorse homestead amplifiers mm-hmm. um and homestead is this really cool boutique amplifier company <clears throat> excuse me that is um they they provide the amps for government mule and for jimmy herring and Gosh, you know they were doing Marcus King for a while. They they do a lot of um, flyers in the in the rock jam scene, and actually, it's the most responsive amplifier I've ever played. Mm. Um, it makes me play better because it's so dynamic and it's so responsive to touch and to attack, unlike anything I've ever played. And I've you know I've played all kinds of amps, um, so. You know, I met them, they came out to see a show, I guess, about a year ago, and then invited me to their workshop, and Peter McMahon, who runs Homestead Amps, used to be with Cesar Diaz, and he just deeply, deeply knows his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so... um, I've never heard of that brand, so so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they they were actually at NAMM um, in January. That was their first time at NAMM. Uh Uh Um, You know, they build a lot of custom stuff. They've done a lot of custom work for Mule um, and other artists, but they also have, you know, models that they're selling. Um, so right now I have, I'm using their, their 210 combo. And um, and then I use Boss Pedals. So, um, like, on when it comes down, I actually use the new Boss Metal Zone, which is kind of cool because they added a, a switch that you can go to two different kinds of tones. Like, one is sort of your your metally zone sound, mm-hmm. but one is a more, um, blues rock, warm tubey sound. Oh, cool. Um, and it's really good. So I, I'm using that a lot. And so that's, that's what I used on, on that solo, for example. Right. Okay. And what's your, <laughs> what's your go-to guitar? What do you play? Um, my go-to guitar is a Fender Strat, uh-huh. but I kind of, modded it up like I put jumbo frets on it because I just love how they feel I feel like they make bending easier for me and vibrato um and then I've switched out the pickups so I have a um, hot rail Duncan Seymour Duncan hot rails in the back mm-hmm. and then single coil uh Seymour Duncans in the middle in the neck so it's really it's like a really versatile guitar right right well, it all works because I just, I mean, I guess overall, the everything sounds really great uh, in the recording. So I guess it's all, all those elements together really, um, yeah. you know, came together to make it just, just well, the sound yeah, think, alone is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I don't think I can take that much credit for that because, <laughs> you know, John... Because <laughs> well, take John the credit. It's okay. No, take the credit. <laughs> um, well, I'll take the credit for like all the choices, like the editing yes, the and the, you know figuring yeah. out the arrangement and and you know spending hours, you know, pull, like polishing everything up before mm-hmm. sending it to Sylvia. But um, you know, the first session, I mean, we had John Agnello, who's a great producer, 
And although he didn't produce the record, he ran that session mm-hmm. and made the drums sound amazing. He did something really, really cool. Um, in front of the drums, if you go on my website, there's pictures from the studio. So he took an acoustic guitar when we when we recorded When It Comes Down, which is the songs in the key of D. So he tuned the guitar to an open D chord, mm-hmm. put it on a stand in front of the bass drum so that it behaved like a resonator. Wow. I've never heard of yeah. that. What a cool idea. It's a cool, yeah, it's a cool Agnello trick, you know. So huh. on the on the recordings of When It Comes Down, you'll hear this droning, like, wah, 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 huh. wah, that we used. And that's that guitar. Wow. I got to check that out yeah, again. Very cool. <laughs> and listen for that. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that went really well. And then, um, so, I mean, you know, he, he did a great job of recording. And then I, you know, I tracked the other stuff at a few different studios with also like mm-hmm. super talented engineers, you know. Well, you you were very lucky that you were able to get it done before all this insanity happened. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. You know, you're right. Yeah, for sure. Because, man, I, I, I would hate to, uh, I would have hated for you to get partway done and then not be able to finish it. That's... Yeah. I'm sure some people got yeah. stuck in that situation, but you know, I guess there's a lot of Absolutely. tools to do stuff in your in your home for whatever whatever that means, but it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not the same. It's not the same of being live in a room together. Yeah. yeah for and sure. um yeah, I actually did a recording session at a studio a couple weeks ago. I had a, a paid session and mm-hmm. it was it worked. We both were it was just me and the engineer. Yeah. Because I was just doing vocals and guitar on someone else's track, and so he stayed in the control booth. I stayed in the recording yeah. room, and we wore masks, yeah, and we made it work. Yeah, you know, it works. there's plenty of distance. It was like the first there. time I've been out of the house. <laughs> You're like, I can I touch that so doorknob? Bad. I don't know. I know it's so weird. <laughs> I yeah. know it's all so weird, but you know, it's it is what it is. Can you share a little bit about, like, for example? Um, for when it comes down, like, what's your writing process? Did you work as a team writing that? Was that a song that you wrote on your own? Do you start with, like, a lyric um, or, you know? Yeah, I wrote it on my own. And, um, you know, what I usually, I usually find that I pick up the guitar when I'm overwhelmed with an emotion that I just need to express. And in that case, for when it comes down, I was thinking about this dear friend of mine who had really been a golden boy throughout high school and college and, you know, then had this sort of tragic um, accident happen and has been kind of trying to get his life back on track ever since. And I just felt kind of overwhelmed with feeling for him and for his situation. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat down with a guitar and, you know, I tend to write the music first um, as an expression of whatever I'm feeling. And then I go in and, you know, wrestle with lyrics. Right. And then you're like, okay, this feels like this. What does that sound like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's next for you? What have you been doing now in between releasing this? I guess you've been uh, doing some live streams and anything else in the works? Um, well, yeah, I'm going to start um, demoing new material for another record um, because you know, working with Sylvia Massey was such a dream come true. Um, I've always wanted to work with her as a mixer, and I really honestly never thought that she would be accessible to me. Mm. Um, but, you know, luckily she 
liked the project and she had a sliver of time and, you know, she jumped on it and did it. And so now my fantasy would be to go, go to her studio, um, Studio Divine, and with Jorgen and John mm-hmm. Hall, the same group mm-hmm. of musicians, and knock out another EP um, when and if that's all possible. So right now what I'm doing is um, writing new songs and demoing them and, you know, sending them out to um, Jorgen and John and my distributor. And, you know, we're trying to see if there might be some way to find like a label that would be willing mm-hmm. to back a project mm-hmm. like that. Where's Sylvia's studio? Um, she's out in Oregon now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good idea to get ready. Who knows when that could happen, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, gosh, not? you know, we're all in such, we're all in such straits right now and in desperate need of medical miracles and science yeah. to come and save us, you know, and, I know. but I, I keep the faith in that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of feel like, it, you know, it is such a weird limbo land, but it can't let it stop you from like moving forward in some way. You know, like, Absolutely. so maybe we yeah. have to like rethink what that means for us individually, you know, because because we, yeah. we all have we all had a lot of plans that can't happen now. And now we've got to be like, OK, wh- what is you know, what is my redirect? What do I what do I do about it now? So it's, you know, yeah. some of it's good. Some of it it's comes... depressing. but <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> I think what you're saying is exactly right. And, you know, it comes down to resiliency and. You know, as women, we're we're especially called upon to be resilient quite a mm. bit, and as female musicians, we're called upon to be resilient and to you know deal with a lot of obstacles in our way culturally and you know and opportunity wise and everything. So that's why I love what you're doing and the the um, the light that you just you know shed on women mm-hmm. on stage and also so many of the women behind the scenes. Um, I always love reading that stuff in your newsletters and when you do the She Rocks Awards and everything, because to learn about women who are producing and are working in the industry and stuff is super inspiring. And it also gives you hope that it's not going to, you know, it's not staying, it's not a boys club anymore, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I, first of all, I agree with you. We are required to be extremely resilient and, can be exhausting at times, but also energizing, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I often feel like when I come up with a creative solution, I'm like, hell yeah, I figured that out. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, oh, another big giant boulder in my path. Okay, let's figure this one out yeah. too. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, you know, it's intense. We were talking before about, you know, the fact that I'm also a writer and, one of the things that kind of got me through the early weeks of this pandemic, particularly, you know, I live in Jersey City, so we're right next to New York City, and the horror of 800 people dying a day. I mean, it was just mm. like, oh, my God, you know, what is happening? Absolutely terrifying. But at the same time, I was working on this book, um, which is a series of profiles of entrepreneurs who survived things like Auschwitz. Hmm. You know, things like the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Wow. And it was kind of a blessing to be writing and reading their stories. While I was like, well, okay, my biggest inconvenience is I can't leave my house and it's kind of hard to get toilet paper and groceries. Right. Like, and, then, gonna, and what these people okay. went through were was so horrific. 
Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, one of the people that we interviewed had gone to Auschwitz at five years old. She was the youngest child in Auschwitz. Oh my gosh. And reading what she went through, it just gives you hope. Like, okay, the human spirit can, we can take this, Yeah, you know, we can do this. When is this we gotta, coming out? I want to read these stories. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I don't actually, I think it's coming out. I think the publication date is October. Okay. Um, but I don't know if they're changing that because of everything being so chaotic mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, but it just helped me to keep perspective. Right. And I think everybody needs to keep perspective. You know, if you're being asked to wear a mask, put on a mask. If it's uncomfortable or makes you a little warm, deal with it. For right. crying out loud, you know? Yeah, I- I'm with you. I feel like, you know, we've taken a lot of things for granted here in this country. And, you know, that's, I guess that's part of being a prosperous, you know, society. But, you know, we we, we could step up too and be thoughtful and useful and, you know, all, all those yeah, things. absolutely. <laughs> all those things. <laughs> wear, wear, and wear a mask, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes, me a little, it makes me a little crazy. In, even in the little town I'm in, if I go into town, you know, there's people walking around like nothing's happening. And I'm like, wow. How, yeah, how are you not, yeah. okay, how are you okay with that? I don't, I don't get it, but. I don't get uh-huh. it either, but, you know, people are getting their information from wildly divergent sources, yeah. which is one of the biggest yeah. problems we're having as a country right now. And, um, you know, that's why podcasts are important. You know, it's important for people to have sources of information. Yeah, you know? true. True. But that's a whole nother conversation. So. True. That is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear something funny about, um, well, one other song on the record. Yes. Um, lay it on you. The song Stay. Yeah, Lay It On You. So we've talked about like the blues, the blues rock and the jamming songs yes. on, on the record that are kind of, you know, right yeah. in, the, you know, sort of the alley of the rock. I like the but... song Stay too. Yes, let's talk about that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I put, so Stay is like verges in the, in the pop territory, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, kind of reminds me or what I was thinking was a little bit like she sells sanctuary by the cult which is just such a brilliant like mm-hmm. rock yet pop song and um the reason I put that on there was that Jorgen actually loves pop music as well which is sort of surprising but he grew up in Sweden with ABBA oh yeah you know right and so I sent that one to him I'm like you know this this would this could you cope with this you know he's like apps this is great I love this yeah <laughs> you know so I kind of got a kick out of him getting to kind of, you know, bring his pop side to a record, too. And um, and I always wanted that song to have like a really driving kind of jaw wobble and public mm-hmm. image limited bass, bass line. And, um, you know, the first few times through, he played it with his fingers. And I kind of have always secretly wanted a bass player to play it with a pick. But I was like getting up my nerve, like, <laughs> do I have the nerve to tell him? How to you play, play, it? play this with a pick, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was really, I was like, I know that's what it needs. It needs a pick, it needs a pick. I'm getting up my nerve, and all of a sudden I watch him reach into his pocket and pull out a pick. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he read your mind. And he like, laid like, the most amazing bass line down with the pick. It was like, that's, that's perfect. That's awesome. You know? And you're like, like what I'm so of. glad you thought of using a pick there. <laughs> I did. Oh, totally. I was like, oh, that was so brilliant. Oh, it's fabulous. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's hysterical. Well, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's, that's all good. The outcome is what you're hoping yeah. for. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, at the same time, like, you do have to have the courage to, and I think people respect you no matter who they are if you have the courage to stand up to them and for your musical ideas in the studio, you know. And we were working on Stay, and there was one pass where, Underneath the guitar solo, um, he was keeping his bass line kind of, kind of high, and I, I said, "Hey, would you mind in this one part, dropping it down an octave?" Mm-hmm. And I'm very short; I'm like five feet, and he's like I don't know six two or something. He's very tall, and he just kind of looked down at me, and I looked up at him, and I thought, "Did I just blow it?" You know, and uh, he's like, "I'll try it, okay." You know, so he goes <laughs> in, does it, comes back out, and listens. We, I said, look, if you don't like it, we don't have to keep it, but I think it would, it would help, you know, under the solo right there. And he goes, does it, comes back in, we listen, he goes, yes, it is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank God, you know. I mean, I feel like anybody who's a professional musician has had to take input from others. Yeah. Like, you don't I think create it was- great music in a vacuum and nobody ever questions you or gives you... It- ideas you know so absolutely you know yeah I think I was just feeling a little bit intimidated yeah you know, because no, I, I get respect that. him so greatly <laughs> um but I want to encourage all women all, all women and everybody listening to just like you know you gotta always put the music first and and have faith in your have faith in your ears you know yeah yeah I'm with you well, it was so great to catch up with you, and congratulations Same on the great, great new music. I really enjoyed listening to it and talking to you. I'm so, so glad. Wishing you all the best. We'll share your links in the description so people can find out more, and uh, it's just been really great chatting with you. Yeah, you too, Laura. Thanks so much. All right. You take care. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.